Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. There's a uh, race going on right now over in California. It's called the Amgen Tour of California, and it is the biggest stage race in the United States, professional stage race in the United States. And I'm talking about, sorry, I'm talking about cycling. And I'm going to spend today's episode talking about something that happened there because I am, I'm fired up this morning and I'm inspired and there's something that happened yesterday that I want to make sure that I share with you guys. I know that uh, I said that I was going to talk about um, Marcel Kittle and why I think he stepped away from his contract and the difference in the mindset between him and Mark Cavendish, but I'm going to have to table that and we're going to have to push that to tomorrow because yesterday, what we witnessed, if you saw the Amgen tour of California, and if you didn't, I'm going to give you the synopsis. There was essentially a two-man breakaway that formed at the beginning of that race, and it contained a pro tour rider, a guy from one of the best teams in the world, and then it contained this other lesser known young man named Alex Hone, who was riding for the U.S. national team. So the United States uh, cycling organization put together a team. They selected different riders from different teams to participate under the USA cycling, like as the national team at the tour of California. So really, really cool. Handpicked some riders, put them on a team and said, all right, you guys are going to go and you guys are going to do the tour of California, which is a great honor that many of them are obviously taken very seriously. Really cool. Cause there's a lot of young gents in there. There's a lot of young folks, you know, riders that have shown some promise and they're really getting out there and they're really taking the bull by the horns. And so on day number on stage, number one, they had Travis McCabe, who he's a little bit older, but got a lot of experience, very good bike racer. He challenged Peter Sagan, who is like arguably the most famous name in cycling. He challenged him at, at in the sprint and got second on that same day, they had a kid named Tyler Stites who took the best young rider jersey uh, because he was in the breakaway. So fast forwarding to, oh, I'm sorry. And then on stage two, we had Michael Hernandez who, you know, made the breakaway for a while and got some publicity for the U.S. national team as well. Uh, I've got an interview with him, actually. If you want to listen to that interview, it's further down. You got to scroll down quite a bit to get to some of the more previous episodes, but it's in there and it's a great interview. Gives you some insight into Michael Hernandez and kind of how he's been able to enjoy some success. So really cool. Well, yesterday was stage three. Yesterday in this two-man break, these two guys get away and the way that it played out was Alex Hone was away for 130 miles with one other dude. They were away like all day long this race is held at altitude. It was pretty hot. Um, eventually, the pro tour guy riding for Dakarna Quickstep dropped Alex. Alex could not respond, so he was by himself for a while. He eventually got picked up by two guys, one of them an American named Ben King, uh, that broke away from the peloton kind of late in the race. They were able to easily catch up to Alex who was, who was dying, visibly standing up several times, probably trying to ward off cramps, showing the pain face, just super, looked super uncomfortable on the bike, sweat stains all over him. I mean, he looked like he was dying a million deaths. They were able to catch him. 
What was interesting about that, this has nothing kind of to do with the episode, but I'm going to share it anyways. What was interesting about that was there's a guy named Simon Yeshke who was with Ben King, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce that name there, a German guy, and just a veteran in the Peloton, been around for a long time, ridden for some big teams. And uh, it was really, really neat to watch when him and Ben King, when they caught Alex, because you can tell that there was a little bit of Simon that wanted Alex to be able to tack on to them and ride with them. Now, Alex had nothing left. He tried. He stood up on the pedals. There was no way it was going to happen. But Simon Yeshka like looked back and was kind of like doing the, man, I really wish you could come type of a thing. Like Alex earned, I think, some respect right there in that moment, which was really, really neat to see. But what I want to focus on for this episode is, all right, if we look at a guy named Alex Hone, just a rider like him, obviously he has to prepare himself to be able to take on the rigors of a race like this. But I mean, the the group is 150 riders. Don't we think that all of those riders, or at least the vast majority of those riders, prepared like Alex did, just like he did? Maybe they might have even prepared better than he did, right? On the other side, there may have been riders that didn't prepare as well. But I mean, it can't be that Alex was the only rider that put in the work to be ready to be in a breakaway for 130 miles. Like there are a lot of guys there who've got the physiology and the bodies capable of having a ride like Alex, maybe even a better ride than Alex, right? Um, So like as I'm watching, you know, he's in this breakaway. He's in it for the long haul. By the way, he's in, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he's in the King of the Mountains jersey because he was out there for so long that they came up to all the categorized climbs and he was able to be either first or second, obviously, because he was in a two-man breakaway. And he got enough points to be in the polka dot uh, King of the Mountains jersey, which is really, really cool. But like, so w- what is it that like, allowed him to to be able to do this like okay your body's ready well so's the next guy's body so's the next guy's body like what is it and it, the mindset i mean i'm just jumping right to it it's it's the mindset that he took yesterday and that he really has had honestly here's a okay sorry he didn't just take it yesterday he's had this mindset repeatedly over and over and over again in his career. By the way, he was a uh, he was a teammate of mine. Uh, I rode with him when he was on the Elevate team, and so I know this young man. Super nice, humble young man. By the way, which makes him even it makes it even easier to cheer for him and wish him the best. But you know, he was a former hockey player, and so this this young man is. It's like a way of life for him to seek opportunities to hurt himself intentionally, to go deep, to get to the absolute edge of what he feels like he can tolerate and then to jump. Like not to, don't just, he doesn't just get to the edge, right? Because you know what? A lot of athletes do that, don't we? Like we will get to the edge, we'll tiptoe it, we'll peek over and we'll be like, okay, this is it right here. Then there are those that like get to the edge 
They do the same peeking over that many of us do and then they jump. They jump. They don't know what is going to happen once they do jump, but they do it anyways. He jumped. His legs are absolutely, his legs were absolutely shot yesterday. It's going to be really, really interesting. I'm going to be watching today's stage like a hawk because he's got the King of the Mountains jersey now and they're like, are you going to defend it? And he's like, oh, heck yes. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if this kid's got anything left to be able to defend with, right? Um, So it's going to be really neat to see whether he can do that or not. I know that he's going to give his absolute best, however, to defend it. And I know that he's going to intentionally hurt himself again. So when it comes to it, when, when push comes to shove and we look at those athletes that are successful and we look at those athletes that, you know what, it's a grand honor to be riding in the Tour of California. Like I said, there's probably 150, 175 dudes that are riding in that race. There's a lot of guys that are participating in that race. However, only a few of those guys are actually going to make headlines they're actually going to like make the race what they would like it to be. And those are the ones that we're going to be talking about. And those are the ones that those are the folk guys that are going to be successful. Those are the guys that will go on to do other things at other races, or they've already done other things previously, right? Because they are willing to get to the edge, look over and then jump. And they don't think about, he didn't, he didn't calculate how many miles he could possibly be out there. He didn't calculate when he could possibly get caught, how many points he could possibly take to get into the King of the Mountains jersey. Like he got to the edge of what he thought he could do and jumped, not even knowing what the next few kilometers were going to have in store for him, the next few hours, none of that. He just jumped and it worked out well for him yesterday. It doesn't always go that way. And So the other side of this is, well, maybe we are, maybe we have jumped before. You say, Mario, I've I've gone to the edge and I've jumped, but I I jumped and like I I hurt myself. It it was bad. It was a terrible experience. I didn't get what I wanted or it it was harder than I thought it was going to be or whatever. And so now... I have this fear, I have this kind of anxiety that comes over me when I get to the edge because I know that, how many of us know that we should jump? I mean, if you're an athlete, you gotta jump. I mean, no risk, no reward. If you don't take a chance, then you're, you squander that chance. There, there's nothing that will come of that chance because you didn't take it in the first place. So we know that we should jump, but Sometimes our previous experiences, when they don't go the way that we would like them to go, then all of a sudden we get this aversion to actually jumping and we don't want to do it anymore. We get scared. So now the rewiring has to happen where it's, and again, I mean, if I were to sit down with Alex, which by the way, I'm going to try and grab him for an interview, maybe if I can, like you, you get to this point where You've got to recalibrate yourself and say, all right, I know it didn't work last time, or I know I didn't get what I want, or I know that that was really, really painful, but let's, let's try and let, let's do this again. I know that I've got to jump. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but it's a, it's a mom. I don't think there's anything more painful. Sorry, Alex. I know you were in the break for 130 miles, but I'm thinking to myself that pushing out a baby 
it just physiologically just seems crazy. And it seems like there's a bunch of pain involved with that, but like slowly, but surely, you know, moms forget the feeling and go, Hey, I'm ready to have another one. And it's like, what? You're crazy. That's essentially the metaphor of like getting to the edge, jumping for a mom first time. You have no idea what that, what that looks and feels like, but then you, you know, you now know when you get to the edge, there is a a history there. There's a previous experience of sensations and emotions and feeling like all that stuff. And you get there and then moms are like, yeah, let's jump again. Right. So it's the, it's the same thing. And you know, for what it's worth, I mean, man, what a, uh, what a performance by Alex to be able to do that. And there's something there that we can take away from this. And it's that he didn't die. And more than likely, we're not going to die. If we are going to die, we wouldn't know it anyways. But, you know, from our efforts, from giving our absolute best, from pushing down this limit and breaking through that barrier. So anyhow, there you have it. Man, the Amgen Tour of California is really shaping up to be just a memorable race because uh, this U.S. national team, man, they are they are making waves and they are really taking the race by the horns and really just uh, making it theirs and owning it and putting their own little stamp on it. And again, here's the deal. It's not that they're winning the bike race overall because they're not. They're just choosing to impose their will on the race and they're choosing to you know, force things and throw things at the wall and not be afraid of failure. And it's really, really neat to see that from all these young riders. So if you haven't tuned in, tune in. There's a free live tour tracker where you can actually watch every stage of this race for for free. Um, Just type in Amgen Tour of California in the search bar on Google and it'll take you there. And then you'll see like a live stream player for any of you that are interested in that. And if it's your first foray into cycling, welcome to cycling. This is like the biggest race in the United States. So it's a good one to, uh, to be able to catch. All right, y'all. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I mean, you know, the big thing is like listening to this stuff, but applying it right. So no, I'm not a cyclist. No, I'm not in the tour of California. You know, how, how does this even apply to me? Well, share your story. Let's hear from you. I mean, how are you applying it? Like, how is it that this principle directly applies to you? What is it that, that you're looking over the edge afraid of and you're not wanting to jump or have you jumped before? And what was that experience like? And why is it that you are not willing to take that next risk? Like, um, that's important to know that kind of information, spend time sitting in that in a quiet place, thinking, reflecting, asking yourself those kinds of questions. Let those emotions and thoughts and feelings, let those come back up and deal with them and wrestle with them. All right, folks, have a fantastic rest of your day. Till next time.